Champions were declared in San Diego, Los Angeles, Phoenix, Vegas, St. Louis, but it wasn't the Wild Boys, and we had week one in New York. All that and more on this week's League Lowdown. Welcome to the League Lowdown. I am Eric R. Norris. This is Diane Tanwakio. This is Chris Garlotta. A lot of stuff happened this past week, guys. Very exciting. Happy to be here. First show. Uh, good to see you guys. When I was a young girl, all I ever wanted to do was host a flag football show. So here I am. This is it. We're doing the thing. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about Phoenix and the playoffs. First up, we got Mob Luck. Mob supposedly had the best rushing team in the league. What happened? Last season, they were clearly the best rushing team in Phoenix, rushing two, putting pressure on the QB. They were really the only team in Phoenix doing that. And for some reason in this playoffs, they moved away from that. And, you know, that was fine against a team like the Luck. But, you know, we'll see when they move on to the next round that they were exposed as sort of an ordinary team that made it past a less ordinary team. Changing your identity for the playoffs is never going to work. Uh, maybe they were saving themselves because they knew they would have to play three games to go. Uh, but, you know, when you change yourself and uh, you allow another quarterback to have time, it's a, it's a no-win proposition. All right. And on the other side of the coin, we had Phoenix Fire Thunder. What happened in that game? We've got the two-time defending champions playing. And what went now? This was crazy because we have Phoenix Fire and Thunder playing in a play-in game and this could have very easily been a championship game last season and so you know with thunder coming in four and four the caveat was always you know we've had players missing all season traveling for tournaments and yet here we are for playoffs they got to play for their lives they have the key players and yet they don't make it past a phoenix fire team which you know is good but here we have thunder that's the two-time defending champs i expected jordan harrison to show up uh, he absolutely did, but as a receiver, you can't be a one-man team. Uh, the Phoenix Fire played together. They made more plays, and that's what makes a, that's what makes a ball game. All right. So then Phenom, Phoenix Fire would face off both fantastic teams. How did that go? This one was an interesting game just because we have two top-shelf teams that started off really slow. And we're not accustomed to seeing that, and it could be because they were well-matched. But it really took both quarterbacks a while to get going. And so um, this was actually a really exciting game, again, between two very athletic teams. Um, but Phenom came up on, on top in this one. So that was Phenom, Phoenix Fire. Then Owl's Mob, what happened? Well, the Mob barely snuck past Luck uh, in the game before. And what happened there next is they ran into a really good team with a really good quarterback, and they just couldn't hang. Uh, the Owls sort of dominated that game, and it uh, wasn't even close from the beginning. So the Owls end up slaughtering the mob, which brought us to the championship game, Phenom Owls. In Phoenix, the two top quarterbacks rose to the top. J.J. Bisco and Lauren Steffen uh, were clearly the two top all season, uh, and they got to the championship game, and it looked like they all wanted to show off their arms. Uh, more deep balls in this game than I've seen in a lot of tough games, and they completed a bunch of them. A lot of fun to watch. Uh, clearly, the Phenom came out on top with a, with a big victory. Yeah, what did you think of the competition? 
Well, the thing that I was most impressed with is the phenom himself, Juice Madison. And we know him as an MVP caliber QB who moved over and, you know, had J.J. Bisco take over for him. And Juice Madison did everything in this game. He was getting a lot of looks and helping uh, move the ball. He was rushing. I think he blocked every once in a while. He was good in coverage. And so he really showed me this weekend in this game that he can really do it all. Yeah, the game was really tight. Obviously, we're just skimming over it right here, but we're going to be able to watch the game soon enough. And I don't think the score really does justice to what we saw on the field. The final score was Phenom 40, Owls 26, but spectacular work. Go back and watch the game. And so that's it. The Phenom are your 2019 Spring Titan Champions in Phoenix. Let's move on to San Diego, shall we? Some good stuff. The Goblins, the champions. Let's talk about how we got there. First up, we have the Goblins Venom. I don't want to take a lot of time talking about the game. Goblins, believe it or not, made it kind of competitive early on by getting off to a slow start, but eventually they would blow out the Venom. Let's talk about the Misfits Fury. That was a fun game. One person described that to me as epic. Uh, the Fury came out, they started fast, they scored a couple touchdowns, uh, and then the Misfits slowly worked their way back, possession by possession, hit a couple deep balls, uh, made some plays, made some flag pulls, and, uh, and pulled it off. Uh, but an amazing game. Yeah, final score, 28-23. Misfits would take it, setting up the Goblins' Misfits in the championship. Goblins heavily favored what went down. Well, from the start of the season, I would have told you that if the Goblins didn't make the championship game, I would have eaten my shoe. I was so <laughs> sure of that. Um, but the Misfits, talking to their captain, Eric Del Toro, coming in, he knew how heavily stacked um, it would be for Goblins. And he built a team thinking that if he made it to the championship game, if he had his guys, and if they had a good day, they might have a shot at taking down the Goblins. Well, I think they got two out of three, and they really didn't have a good game. You know, I think that they may have been gassed out um, coming back against Fury, but... Honestly, the Goblins look like world beaters in this game. The Goblins proved to be probably the best team in San Diego uh, and have been for, for a little while now. Uh, they've got a great quarterback. Uh, you don't know what to do with them on defense because if you rush them hard, their, their interior guys release and pick you apart. And if you don't rush him, he's able to just stand back there and pick you apart in the second and third level. Uh, it's really impressive to watch. Uh, not to mention that they, they play great defense and communicate well. So you've got a, you might have a juggernaut there. Just a heads up, San Diego's changing. And so San Diego's always contained the cream of the crop in terms of top teams, but they haven't had a lot of teams. And I think something's going to shake that up. Yeah, there's actually going to be a lot of changes coming next season. In fact, what we currently know as Santee is going to be called East County next season. And what we currently know as Vista is going to be called North County next season. And in North County, I feel like it's going to blow up. We have a lot of interest there, a lot of phenomenal players. Who knows what kind of teams are going to be coming out of there. Perhaps some guys that can give the Goblins a run for the money. Just to throw it out there, I think that the Goblins are the best team in Tough League. And so they're throwing out the challenge. They're the Golden State Warriors of Tough League. And hopefully there are some new teams that are coming in to knock the Kings off the perch. Let's pump the brakes a little bit on giving them the crown quite yet. <laughs> Uh, there's another new team that's, that's out there that I think uh, will give them all a run for their money. All right, we'll pump the brakes. Now let's dive into the San Diego Spartan division. The championship game came down to the Wave Wolfpack. Wave took it, as most people predicted, 
The question now with Wave going 9-0 and and then winning the championship, are they still a Spartan team or should they move up to the Titan division? Anytime that you go 9-0 and and you win the Spartan championship, you got to think real hard about whether you've conquered the top of this mountain and there's somewhere else you got to go. And the Wave has to move up to Titan. And knowing Alex Tomaselli, I believe that he's probably very realistic about his team's chances competitively if they moved up to Titan. But Alex, you've got to move. And so when you go 9-0, and it's only going to get easier and easier if you stay in Spartan, and it's going to get boring. And so you want to play against the top teams. They've got Titan-caliber players on there. So this season, Angelo Trujillo, he killed it. You know, he doubled up every other receiver on his team in terms of receptions, touchdowns, uh, defensive stats. You know, they've got Alex Tomaselli, who won a Spartan MVP. They've got Charles Warren, who is a Titan-level center. They've got the pieces, and they got to test themselves against better competition. This is a terrible idea. I haven't seen a bigger gap between Titan and Spartan in any other tough city. The Wave could go 9-0 and this season and jump to Titan, and I could see them going, having a tough time winning even one game. Uh, have you ever been on a team where you're really used to winning and all of a sudden it doesn't come so easily anymore? Not great for the chemistry. Well, let's uh, talk about the Wave here. They actually played the Wolfpack earlier in the season, and they barely beat the Wolfpack 47-44. Against the Kingfish, we have two different Wave teams here. They actually beat the Kingfish 13-12 in one game and then blew them out 37-12 in another game. But Eric, who won those games? The Wave won game. Ball don't lie. And so if you're winning games, if you're going undefeated, you got to move up. Like I said, they're used to winning games. See what happens when they start losing. We might not have a Wave in uh, 2020. The Wave versus Goblins, what happens there? I'd love to see it. I'd eat my shoe. <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> the Wave are your 2019 Spartan champions in San Diego. That was fun. Let's move on up to Los Angeles, shall we? Let's quickly jump into the Spartan division in Los Angeles. Swordfish Brigade, what do we got there? I just want to talk about how a cakerless swordfish managed to win a playoff game. And so that's got to hurt Caker a little bit, thinking about how indispensable he thinks he's to his team. And all of a sudden, Zach Donahoe comes in and he wins a playoff game. I got to feel like Caker is is hurting in his his feelings. And so um, while I know that the Swordfish are coming back, they're coming back with reversible jerseys. I think it would be kind of cool to see Zach Donahoe go out on his own and, you know, be QB for another squad. So the question for me is, does it say more about the swordfish in that game, or do we should we be talking about the brigade and not living up to being a playoff team? Uh, when you lose to a team that's been playing with the same quarterback for four or five seasons and a new guy comes in, you're going to let somebody like that beat you? Clearly the chaos weren't going to do that because uh, the cakerless swordfish didn't have so much fun in the semifinal. Goonies would play the Slayers, Goonies would destroy them, and they would move on to the Mean Machine, and that was a crazy game. At the half, Goonies were up 26-0, then what happened? I don't even know what the Goonies have to say for themselves in this one. Up 26-0 at the half, they lose this game 27-26. This is catastrophic. They don't score at all in the second half. 
they get two pitches picked off for pick sixes. It, this was just an epic meltdown, and I think they'll, they'll tell you that as well. You can't allow things like this to happen. Uh, this Goonies team's been together forever. They play the game smart. They know what they're doing. They've got a good quarterback. And they allow this to happen in the playoffs? I, knowing them, they're, they're reconsidering uh, who's on that roster next year. Well, this is a team that has played in Titan. And everyone thought that they were slumming it back in Spartan and that this would be easy for them. And, you know, this has got to kind of knock them off a little bit. You know, especially when you see how the other Titan team did in the playoffs. Sure, yeah. The Chaos would end up blowing out the Swordfish 38-12, to which set up Mean Machine Chaos. And, of course, Chaos took it all. Joe Smith's the man. Joe Smith's always been the man. I actually looked on his social media posting, and he said something about this is his first JV cut. Joe Smith knows that he needs to get back on a Titan team, and he needs to get a Titan division back in Van Nuys. Have you heard him talk about another team? You want to tell me and Diane anything? I can text him. I haven't heard from him directly, uh, but I'd be, happy to, I'd be happy to reach out to him for next week. Yeah, good. I'm looking forward to it. I feel like I'm doing a huge disservice to the Mean Machine because we haven't talked about them at all, and they kind of came out of nowhere to face the chaos in the championship. Am I crazy? Well, Downey Spartan is sort of its own ecosystem and so they have a lot of pride in the teams that come from there uh, but Mean Machine really did sort of feel like they came out of nowhere and they really could have won this game against Chaos you know the first half uh, was really close it was a little chippy but you know they ended up falling to what we keep saying is a Titan team so I think the Mean Machine is the best Spartan team in Los Angeles I feel like if we're being disrespectful unless we say otherwise they're in the championship game, and we barely brought them up. Well, wait till Caker gets back, and we'll see, uh, we'll see what that looks like. So it's a fluke? It's a fluke that they're uh, there? I'm just going to say that if they're, uh, if they're losing in a championship game or dealing with a swordfish without their quarterback, uh, there's still some competition in that L.A. Spartan division. Okay, gauntlet dropped. Well, all right. No matter how you look at chaos, are your 2019 spring season Spartan champions in Los Angeles? Now let's get to the Titan division. All right, let's jump right into the Titan Cup playoffs. All right, Raptors-Ducks. Well, this is a game between two teams that you could have seen make it to the end. These are teams that we think of as two of the top teams in tough, and they met each other in the semifinal. And honestly, I think we were expecting a better game, but this wasn't particularly close. You know, these are two teams that I've played quite a few games against. Uh, Mark Hernandez, Joey Delatore, two of the better quarterbacks uh, that you're going to see. They understand the game. They move incredibly well in the pocket. They throw strikes after strike after strike after strike. Um, surprising to see the Ducks uh, pull away the way they did. Uh, two things I noticed. The Raptors made you know, some uncharacteristic mistakes that, that I'm not used to seeing them make. Uh, and the Ducks pulled two players from the Van Nuys division, uh, Rashi Scarborough and Flash, uh, onto that team. And that made a huge difference, it seemed like to me. Uh, I'm guessing, knowing those two guys a little bit as well, that they refused to play in the Spartan division mm-hmm. uh, and wanted to jump to Titan and probably couldn't have picked a better team to join. Yeah. So the Ducks would go on to win that one. On the other side of the coin, we had Impact, Aftershock, Rick Conti, and the Aftershock. I don't know. Is there a curse there? 
Well, I've known Rick for a while as well, and uh, I've said it to him. I said he's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. Uh, he'll throw three or four of the best balls you'll ever see every game, and three or four of the worst decisions will be made uh, from him. Uh, still, love to watch him. Love to watch him throw. Uh, I think he's really impressive most of the time. Uh, if he could eliminate, you know, some of those mistakes, I think he's really got something. Sure. It's a close game, 38-30. Well, just to add to that, you know, Rick, I think a lot of people would put him in his top, in their top five QBs in Los Angeles, but. There's also a nickname that goes around for him, Pick Six Rick. And so it's feast or famine with him. And you know that a team that he's throwing for has its shot, but you're also kind of waiting to see how it's going to unravel. A few seasons back, a few years back, uh, we actually did a tough all-star game uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, and I was one of the captains, and I actually picked Rick to be the second quarterback uh, with some controversy. Not, every, not everybody thought that, that was the best decision. Uh, I happened to get hurt uh, the week before, and he played all the snaps, and I think that team scored almost 100 points with him chucking it down the field. It's pretty impressive to watch. All right, but he ends up losing this matchup. The impact take it, like I said, 38-30, to which set up Joey De La Torre and the Ducks against the impact. Uh, I was excited about this. I wanted something good to happen for Joey, and it did. Yeah, so Joey is one of those players where everybody's rooting for him. And so I interviewed him on the podcast last season. This is a humble guy who has been chugging away every season, putting out quality teams, you know, not necessarily getting over the top, but this is a team that everyone wants to see do well. And so Joey is here. He's in the championship game. He's facing the impact. How do we feel about impact? Should they have been in that championship game? Well, they held a really good offensive football team to only 28 points. Uh, Bobby Bakhtiari is on that squad, and I know he prides himself on having a great defense and having his guys prepared. Uh, I just don't know if they were they're ready to take on a team the caliber of the Ducks quite yet. Well, and here's the thing. You know, they were a top seed coming into it, but they had a really rough game against Aftershock. And... Once the Ducks got past the Raptors, it sort of felt like that was a wrap. And the Ducks felt like the team of destiny. You know, they have Rosh and Flash adding on to a squad that already has two of the most dynamic players in tough with Trey Wolf and Porky, Steven Torres. It felt like Impact knew that they weren't going to win this game. Bottom line is the final score was 28-18. Joey De La Torre... It's his first ever championship. How excited are you about that? I'm thrilled about it. It's like my favorite son won a championship finally. He deserves it. Uh, the amount of time he puts into it, the work he puts in, uh, the team he puts together, the class he carries himself with. Good for you, Joey. If you go on social media, everyone is happy, not only for the Ducks, but also for Joey De La Torre. I think everyone's thrilled for him. How many times has this guy gotten to the finals? At least a half a dozen times, I think. And now here he is. He's finally got the championship. So there it is. The Ducks are your 2019 spring season Titan champions in Los Angeles. Thrilling. Now let's move on to St. Louis. Let's talk about the St. Louis Spartan division. All you need to know is that the Goats were the Spartan champions. Should they remain as a Spartan team or should they move up? Well, interestingly enough... They were actually offered an opportunity to play in the Titan playoffs 
this season. And so they were they came in, they were demolishing Spartan level competition, and they were told that they could play Titan teams. Uh, last games out and if they won 75 percent of those games they could be inserted into the titan playoffs they didn't manage that they won two but i think that should tell you that they may be ready for the big leagues i actually agree with you on this one uh the wave i said earlier big gap in san diego between the titan and the spartan and even the top teams in the in the spartan may not be able to compete uh, i think this is a completely different situation i think we're a little closer uh, and the, the knowledge of the game and the ability. Um, and I think there's, you know, if you call yourself the GOATs, uh, you have to be up there. And I think they proved it in this playoffs, and uh, they should be there. Well, there you are. The GOATs are the 2019 spring season Spartan champions in St. Louis. Let's jump right into the St. Louis Titan division. I think we are all hoping that the Cobras, the defending champs. A.K.A. only the champs because the Wild Boys weren't there. Be that as it may, I think we're all hoping that the Cobras would face the Wild Boys. As it turns out, that's not what would happen. The games would come down to Rams, Cobras, and Wild Boys, Hurricanes in the semis. The Rams and the Cobras were two impressive teams that faced off in the semifinal. I think a lot of people thought that the Cobras, the defending champs, even with the asterisk, <laughs> uh, were going to handle them. Uh, and the Rams came out, uh, played their game, quarterback threw a lot of strikes, threw the ball down the field. A lot of great athletes on that field, and uh, the Rams have you know, a lot going for them right now. Now you got the Wild Boys Hurricanes. Uh, do the Hurricanes even contend with the Wild Boys team? Well, the Hurricanes have been a consistent team in St. Louis, and so this is a team where their guys are consistent. They don't jump ship. This is a ride-or-die squad, and you know they've really brought it. They've been consistent in St. Louis, and so this is a matchup that I was looking forward to. Ultimately, the Wild Boys would take the game, which set up the Wild Boys and the Rams. This was the Wild Boys' chance to prove that they were the dynasty they've been saying they are, that they were a team like the Tide who could win three in a row, that they were that much superior compared to the competition. They were that much better than the competition. Um, and again, the Rams proved in the semifinal that they were competitive, played the game well, were smart, athletic, and sort of showed the Wild Boys who was boss in St. Louis. Yeah, I honestly feel like if I'd put money on this playoff series, I would have lost my money. I probably would have gone with the Wild Boys. And I had every reason to. They'd won 29 games leading into the championship. Why wouldn't they win another one? Well, I'll say this about the Wild Boys. This is a team that believes their own hype. And so they will tell you every day of the year that they are the best team in Tough League. And I got to say, I was sort of looking forward to this opportunity to roast them, taking this L, but they have taken this loss on social media as humbly as, as you possibly can. And I was honestly very surprised by that. And I think that they needed this L in order to come back, realize that they may not be the automatic kings of the mountain, and they have things to work on. And so I think that they're going to come back stronger than ever and potentially take back their championship. Well, with the Rams there as the current champions, with the GOATs coming up, uh, do the Wild Boys need to think about some roster moves? Are they still the team there? Uh, I've seen teams that come to a championship game and lose, and they do a lot of different things. Some stay together, practice harder, change their system. Others overhaul a roster, overhaul the way they do things, find a new quarterback. Where do you guys think the Wild Boys go? Well, if they're humbly accepting this loss, 
maybe they know that they're on the right track, so doing anything major would upset the entire team and the entire squad. They've got a good thing. It would be a shame if they decide to break that apart. I think they come back focused, and I think that they take back the championship. No matter how you look at it, it's fantastic that the Rams have dethroned them, at least to give more competition in that league, and I always encourage that. Congratulations to the Rams for becoming the 2019 spring season Titan champions, and congratulations to the Wild Boys for humbly accepting their loss. Let's move on to my home state, the Big Apple, New York. This was week one. Let's get right into the action. New York football, whether you're talking about the Spartan division or the Titan division, there are powerhouse teams across all of New York, no matter what division that they're in. Well, considering that New York is just in its second season, it's already a top-tier league in Tough Nation. And so last season we saw some teams come in looking as polished as any new team um, that's ever come into Tough. And New York's only going to get better. And so New York is clearly a hotbed for flag football. And they're showing us. And this league is going to blow up. It comes down to a few things, right? Do you have athletes? Do you know how to play in a system? And are you committed to being out there and competing with a group of, of other men? And there's no doubt that this league has all of those things. Yeah, I think they're checking every single box. In fact, this past week, the best game was actually a Spartan game between the Outsiders and the Predators. The Predators had a last-second score for the win with 50 seconds left, but then the Outsiders were able to march downfield and get the win. So the Predators lost that game, but they did get a win later on in the night. They were able to beat the Pharaohs, so they went 1-1 one one on the weekend, which actually ties them for the total amount of wins from last season. One of the more exciting things that happened in New York this past week was a whole bunch of free agents being signed by different teams, like Express. Yeah, so the Express is a story of the rich getting richer. And so we've got the defending champions. They signed three impact players. And so we talk about Ryan Jenkins, Thomas Newkirk, Dom Williams. Ryan Jenkins came in and he made an impact right away in their first week. So that was a huge signing for them. Two more that come to mind for me are uh, Ramon Seawright is going to reign. Uh, and I've got some insider information that Akil Ali is actually going to be a joker this season. Get out of here. Uh, with the A-team not playing this season, uh, the jokers are picking up a really, really good player. You know, he's not a free agent, but I want to talk about him. Rob Lane of the Battlehawks is a freaking monster. Rob Lane is one of the more impressive QBs that I've seen in Tough League ever. Uh, you don't normally say that that guy has only played two games, but this guy came out and could sling it. From what I hear from the people in New York, they already call him the King of the East. It's going to be interesting to see the numbers that this guy puts up. I I'm, I'm anticipating at least 300 yards every game. So what I'm excited about is to see Robbie Lane, a guy whose reputation precedes him, King of the East, he's got a matchup in week two against you know, none other than reigning champ, Alphonse Perone. He's known as Hollywood. I'm going to call him Hollywood. But this is going to be the matchup, the game of the season. You know that in flag football, it starts and ends with the quarterbacks. And these two guys are, are as good as it gets. Uh, but what sets these two teams apart, even in a really competitive league, is the supporting cast. 
they have receivers, they have rushers, they have guys that, that play a role as, as a blocker and a check down guy. Uh, these are two of the most complete teams that Tuff has. Earlier I talked about the Goblins maybe, maybe not being the best team in Tuff. I actually think either of these two teams could compete with them. Well, in watching the Battlehawks film last week, I just had a blast because they've got players top to bottom. You know, you've got Dizon Wilson, uh, Jose Arriaga just lit it up last week. And then they also have the owner of the best touchdown celebration in Tough Nation, uh, my dude, Dontrell Brown, doing the best Spider-Man that Tough has ever seen. It's the jump. The jump at the end is nice. Speaking of jumping, let's jump to a segment called Trust or Bust. Trust or Bust, the Battle Hawks will defeat the defending champion, Express. Diane. This is a bust. You know, I think with a team like Express, they're defending champs. They're undefeated. They brought on all of these new free agent signings. They're just as talented as the Battlehawks, but they have more experience in this format. Chris, this is something that I absolutely trust. Uh, And who I trust the most is Rob Lane. This guy, like I said before, can absolutely throw the football as well as anybody that I've seen in tough. He has tremendous athletes that make ridiculous catches. Uh, And not only do they make ridiculous catches, but they run with the ball as well as I've ever seen a team. They drop hips, they they spin, they shift. You can't pull these guys' flags. This is a trust. I trust as well. I want to see the defending champions be brought down a notch by some young blood, including Rob Lane. It would make things so much more interesting. We have a week off. This is the 4th of July weekend, and then we come back for week two in New York. We'll have a lot to discuss then. What do you have planned for the weekend? There's no off-season for me. I'm training for Tough Her. Wow. I'm taking the family to the beach for a couple days and trying not to get burnt by the fireworks. I'm not going to tell you guys what I'm going to do because that's creepy. (laughs) All right. So that's it. This has been the League Lowdown. That's Diane. That's Chris. I'm Eric. We'll see you on the field. (laughs) 